Now, deep friendships take lots of time. According to Dr. Nick Stennett, the statement, the amount of time you spend with your spouse is less important than the quality is just a marriage meal. In a recent survey, Dr. Stennett found out that more than 90% of the couples who considered their marriages strong and close also said they spent a great deal of time together. The survey also observed that divorced couples usually had spent little time together before this split. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we hear from Zig Ziggler, a four-minute clip around a personal story from Zig and his family on what creates strong relationships, one of his favorite topics. From the talk, I posted this question on Facebook. What activities and experiences do you invest in for the health of the meaningful relationships in your life? This could be with your spouse, kids, friends, family. Don't leave out the seemingly little day-to-day things. Of course, incredibly insightful comments and ideas. You'll get great value from hearing Michelle Prince and I talked through them and now bring the conversation to you. Here first are some great resources for our Ziggler audience. Then we'll hear from Zig. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra-rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Okay, then folks, here is Zig Ziglar on some of the activities that create meaningful relationships. Now, if you want to build that uh, loving relationship, you build that respect and you make friends with your mate. Your mate ought to be your best friend. You know, you think about it for a moment. You might say ugly things to and about your mate. You might do ugly things to your mate. But you're not going to say ugly things about your friend. You're not going to do ugly things to your friend. So if your best friend is your mate, that puts you in a good position. Now, deep friendships take lots of time. According to Dr. Nick Stennett, the statement, the amount of time you spend with your spouse is less important than the quality is just a marriage meal. In a recent survey, Dr. Stennett found out that more than 90% of the couples who considered their marriages strong and close also said they spent a great deal of time together. The survey also observed that divorced couples usually had spent little time together before this split. So as you start your courtship process over, I encourage you to take some time with your mate and build a few sandcastles. 
Last summer, we had a magnificent experience. The redhead and I, along with our whole family, my four children and their mates and the grandchildren, all went to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We were fortunate we found a big house and we uh, had it for a week and it was absolutely wonderful. Jim Norman, uh, one of my sons-in-law, uh, concocted this idea one uh, morning about the third day that he's going to go out and build a sandcastle. Well, Jim's a big man and he does things in a big way, so his wasn't going to be just an ordinary sandcastle. I mean, uh, he built a big sandcastle. Well, he started it, then other members of the family started pitching in, and then people passing by, you know, would stop and they'd admire. And listen, it was an architectural masterpiece. I mean, it had a, a moat, it had the drawbridge, it had uh, the whole bit there, and people stopped to admire what was going on. And then that evening when the uh, tide started coming in, all of us were out there and there must have been at least 50 or 75 people watching the tide come up. And the first time the water sloshed over into the moat, there was a round of applause. I mean, we wanted to see what was happening there. And then the first time the water went all the way around the moat, there was another round of applause. And then when that first big one dug into the base of the castle, there was a resounding cheer, and guess who was leading the applause? That's right, old Zig was right there. Now, the next day, uh, Jim really got serious about building sandcastle. He, he bought himself a serious shovel. Now, there's a difference in shovels. He got a serious shovel. And he literally worked all day long. And if you thought that first one was something, you should have seen that second one. I mean, everybody was involved, you know? I've thought about that an awful lot of times. You don't have to go to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to build sandcastles. Of all the things we did over there, and that included playing a lot of golf, which, as you know, I have such a passion for. But the most fun we had was building that sandcastle. Everybody was involved. Husbands and wives need to build sandcastles together. They need to be doing the simple little things like that that do involve time. What was the hurry? How long did the sandcastle last? You could not tell that it had ever been there a couple of days later. And yet the memories will be with us for the rest of our life. Well, there you go, folks. Classic Zig Ziglar on stage. So again, from that message, I posted on Facebook at my personal page at Agent K Miller, where you're welcome to friend me and join in this question. What activities and experiences do you invest in for the health of the meaningful relationships in your life? This could be with your kids, spouse, friends, or family. Well, here then Michelle Prince and I take you through the comments. Okay. Well, Michelle, it's interesting as we ask this question in regards to relationships that out of all the questions we got, they're almost a 50, 50 split on kids and on marriage focus. Uh, didn't have any in regards to friendships necessarily. We can, we can insert that as well. Um, but I think it relates to, you know, any, any relationship. So I went ahead and segmented them out and thought we'll start off with kids. And as you and I have a handful between us, we can, uh, attest to what, what we do as well. That's right. <laughs> well, this first one's interesting. Uh, Jen says we do rose thorn bud every day at the dinner table or before bed. 
We tell something good about the day, something that was a bummer and something you're looking forward to. Uh, Laura says, it's just me and the kids now, but we have prayed nightly together before bed. When they were little, I'd sing them a psalm also, but we do highs and lows. That's why I grouped it with that, kind of like the rose thorn, but highs and lows of the day when we eat dinner and I do something outdoors with them on the weekends, bike, hike, walk, or swim. Well, I was interested in that one, the highs and lows or rose thorn, but I, I hear different variations of that. But to me, well, obviously it generally happens at dinner. If you're having dinner together uh, at the end of the day, that's a big win right there. But then two to actually still engage with a specific, my kids love it to the point where I get tired of it sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> I, I think so much to be said for that, I guess, intentional pulling out something from your kid about the actual realities of their day is a big step above just, you know, being in the vicinity with your kid. Absolutely. I love doing this. In fact, I've done this with my boys since they, my oldest was probably four. And, you know, in, in the, we call it best part. What was the best mm-hmm. part of your day? And for a little while there, we would do worst part. But then I, you know, I'm pretty optimistic. I thought, you know, I'd rather focus on what really what went well today mm-hmm. instead of rehashing what didn't go well. And it's one of my all time to this day. I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old and we still do best part every single night. Well, I'm kind of inspired to do it again because we get out of it. And sometimes, and of course, we got a big family and somebody will have something specific they're talking about, but it'll end up leaving out the kid who's not so talkative. So mm-hmm. I, again, that intentional engagement and just to be able to know, because sometimes without it, I'll know, man, a week's gone by and you know, what is my little girl into? What's happening this week? I don't really know. Um, so one thing I'll add to that, that's tough, especially with the kids is, you know, forcing them to to get creative with the answers because sometimes my boys would say, uh, just having dinner, (laughs) like, no, 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 give me something that, you know, something more specific. And so, but it does force them to look back in their day and look for the blessings and, you know, what went well, because everybody has something that went well. No, I agree. And I have kids the same way where they go, ah, you know, what was the best thing at lunch? Uh, And and you want to get a little (laughs) Getting out of school. (laughs) So it is, it's probably great brain training for positivity. Uh, Well, speaking of brain training, the next uh, grouping was somewhat into, well, I'll just call it, uh, I think words of affirmation. Sean says, saying, I love you to my wife, but giving words of affirmation uh, to my kids and my wife. Uh, Gregory says, whispering, you're my girl and you're my boy into my kids' ears at bedtime. Uh, Christine says, always tucking my kids in at night with a blessing. Uh, Monique says every night before my 11 year old son goes to sleep, I kiss him on the forehead, tell him I love him in the morning. I wake him by running my fingers through his hair and kissing his forehead and telling him good morning, baby love. doesn't matter how our day goes good or tough. I always make sure it ends and starts with love. That one, Michelle, for, I, it is, it is kind of the, the ties that bind. My wife was big on that. If there's a disciplinary time or just an end of the day of always trying to in the day, tying it up with love. And I do love, I've got kids now. I've actually got a son who's home for a while. who's 22. So I've got him down to our five-year-old and uh, all of them in between every night. You know, when you come in, you're greeted. When you leave, you're, you know, waved goodbye or hugged goodbye. And at the end of the day, going to bed, there's always a recognition, at least it's often a hug or a kiss, but at least a, a recognition. And I think we all just, we love to, we love attention. We love to be recognized. 
For sure. I, you know, one of the things in my family, and it's just my mom and dad were so good about telling me and my brother that they loved me always. And it's just, it kind of has trickled down. And so my boys literally could leave the house 10 times. And each time when they leave, I'll say, okay, bye, have fun. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they say it back and it's, you know, and maybe it does get a little um, repetitive, but at the end of the day, I hope that they know, and I'm pretty sure they do that, that their parents love them and, and how important that is because so many people I've met through life never had that or don't have that. And I think it's so important to just reinforce, especially the most meaningful relationships, how much you really love them. I, I, I agree. And, and just like you, I had such a great example from my parents and it mm-hmm. came off as respectful. And I'm surprised when I'm in other homes and I see a spouse come home or kids come home or somebody leave and there's really just no recognition And, you know, we can debate that somewhat, but if you put it into somebody else uh, that was at your home visiting, where you would, of course, Mm -hmm. greet them, you would, of course, say goodbye, you would, of course, recognize them when they come down. I think we tend to give that to a a visitor, and yet we just get so comfortable and don't do it at home, and yet... I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have respect for my family every day. And I know that they appreciate it, man. I see it in my kids. Um, one thing, I, uh, Michael jr. So we interviewed him. I didn't get the show number, but folks listening, it's uh, I don't know, a couple probably three months ago, three or four months ago. We, we interviewed Michael jr. He's a comedian, uh, amazing guy. It was an incredible interview. We had responses on that. They were almost second to none, but I really, I've this, this one stuck. He said that when he was, uh, when his kids were younger and he would come home, they would come rushing to the door. Daddy's home, daddy's home, hugs and kisses. Now they're older. He says, now he could be irritated that they don't do that as much, but he said, you know what? They did that for him. Now that they're older, they have lot, you know, they have their own life. They have things happen in their mind. He pays them back by doing it to them. So when they run in the mm. door, he goes after the door to greet them when they come into. And that literally made a change with me because I had gotten to where, uh, you know, my older kids come home and you know, it might be a, a, Hey, Hey, you know, good to see you from across the room, but now a more of just recognizing them, uh, noticing that them. is a great way to re re that's a rethink about, uh, you, you're yeah. right. I, I miss those days where you'd walk through the door and they'd be like, mommy, mommy, and come running mm-hmm. and <laughs> mm-hmm. teenagers, not so much, but for us to do it for them. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, this one is, is really focused around, I think just intentional time. Kevin says, uh, I'm not a big fan of basketball, but now I know more than I want to. I go to all my son's games and listen to everything he has to say about basketball. Uh, and then Peyton says, we, uh, have weekly mommy daughter dates, uh, no electronics. And my daughter gets to pick whatever we do. I'm also reading stuff, self-help development books, all kinds of things. And I read those to my daughter and she often has questions and we get to interact through that as well. I think with both of those, you know, well, one on the time, you know, Kevin talking about basketball, I think it's a, it's kind of a running joke these days about people who joke about their kids, especially their boys who want to tell them about Minecraft, you know, this, that, that <laughs> game that I can't even tell you what or it is they do, but somebody gave it to my kids and they do it a little bit and they'll want to tell you the story, what they created and thinking, Oh my gosh, please, for the love of Pete, I do not care. I do not want to, <laughs> but they care. And, and they we, care. we all have that. The kids who just want to share their lives and, uh, it's a struggle sometimes, but that intentional time. And just like with Peyton doing those, uh, intentional dates with their kid, we hear a lot about that and it is just hard in the business of life, but man, so powerful. 
So powerful. And when my boys were younger, we used to have date days and I would try to do them individually. So I'd go with each one. Um, you know, my youngest one always loved to go to Dave and Buster's or, you know, in, in different things. My oldest loved to go to movies. And I will say as they got older, those kind of got out of the habit, partly because their lives changed. They had friends and all that. But I, just this last week, I, I took a, a trip with my boys and we went on a little vacation and we had never done that. Just mom and the boys. Mm. And I'm telling you, just that quality time away from everything. For me, uh, you know, the, the date days in town, those are great. But if you could find a way to just escape, even if it's 30 minutes away, but that one-on-one -on -one time is so priceless and 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 it's just so easily, uh, you know, you can, you can let it slip by so easily as they get older. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. T tomorrow we leave with our family on a spring break trip and we're going to only a few hours away in the Rocky Mountains, which we live in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we live in a national park and we're going three hours away, spend a lot of money on a on a Airbnb uh, place. It's where my, my, one of my kids going to college, it's another town. And at some point I'll end up in there thinking, you know, we're paying all this money to be in a house. It's not as nice as ours probably. And, uh, <laughs> uh you know, why are we doing this? But they, the kids love it. And, and I gotta say, I do too, because we're not paying attention to phones. We're not paying attention to our computers. We're not paying attention to chores or laundry or whatever. It's such a different perspective that we play games. We talk, we go on hikes, we do all those things that we tend to get away from doing at home. It's worth a thousand bucks uh, to go yes. do that for the memories that it creates that intentional time. But I have to tell myself that because it's a chore, you know, it's like you go on the mm -hmm. vacation, then need a rest from your vacation, but what <laughs> for it, sure. Yeah. You know, I want to add one more yeah. element to this because we're talking, you know, parents to the kids. Mm -hmm. um, and this is something I experienced last week while we were on vacation again is the sibling time and how equally important that is because uh, mm -hmm. my boys, the way that they connect is through sports of any kind. But we, this is going to sound crazy, but we have a little mini basketball hoop in our foyer area that's literally over our front door. Uh, probably not the best decor item, but we keep it there because our boys who are high schoolers now that they still love to have that quality time together. Even if it's five minutes before dinner's ready, they were doing it last night while dinner was getting put on the table. And I see that time together and, and they're just playing, they're just having fun. So I think that's the key. What can we do with our kids, with our friends or, you know, spouses, whatever, that you have some fun, you know, with your brother, your sister. Okay. Well, I'm going to do so that. Important. I'm going to do that. I remember when my older grouping of kids was younger, we had one of those basketball hoops on a door. Hmm. I, we must've moved or whatever and haven't done that. And it was great. You're right. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that. You gave me my inspiration for that. I'm going to buy, <laughs> I might buy a couple of basketball hoops for the house. Uh, the bad news is, is I'm not allowed to buy rugs for our hardwoods because they want to be able to bounce the ball. So, you know, someday that'll change. Well, and I've got a whole, for now we're letting them have I've, fun. I'm, our downstairs is 2,400 square feet of a uh, concrete slab. So they're, they can Perfect. bounce, It'll probably drive me nuts, but that's okay. I'll turn the music up louder. All right. Well, Hey, so let's, so there's some stuff on, on kids. Just great stuff. Thank you. Thank you everyone who shared on that. Uh, now I want to hit marriage, uh, and had some great ones here. Um, I will have to make a specific call out as we record this today. It is my parents, their 50th anniversary. Oh, uh, and oh my word. 
I know. 50th anniversary, Dan and Joanne Miller. So happy anniversary to them whenever they happy hear this. And I'll start off. They both submitted on this one, interestingly enough. Uh, and I think they both did it today on their anniversary. So uh, what, a, what great timing. So my mom, Joanne, she says, Dan and I play games, just the two of us, almost every evening. No TV, no computer time. We just talk, laugh, and have fun. Uh, and also no radio when they're in the car. It's time for meaningful conversation. But they do. They play uh, every single night. Instead of vegging out in front of the TV, they sit and play a word game, which uh, this is going to sound bad. They're not that old. But, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that is, you know, you want to you fight Alzheimer's and dementia. It's, you work in your brain. They do. They play word games and, and uh, games with numbers, different things, and just have a blast in doing that. And they do it every night. And that's. Uh, an intentional part. I, th- I think that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a little thing playing a game at night, but yeah. it's an engagement. It's engaging. How inspiring though, too. I mean, and how simple that is because it is so simple to just turn the TV on, but mm-hmm. I love that. That, that's, that inspires me. Uh, yeah. I, I, I enjoy it as well. We've been doing it at our house a little bit. I have to admit, sometimes we do it on our phones because we're doing it back and forth when we're, uh, they got into playing word feud, my wife and my son, and he actually does it. My son does it with my parents. And so we've kind of got some rounds going on that. So we'll be in the, in the living room. Sometimes it's terrible. We're looking at our little devices, but we're playing a game together right across the way. But you're all together. <laughs> we are. Yeah. We are. It's funny. Uh, well, this next one, uh, here is my dad. He says regular Friday date nights. Our kids are grown and gone. So we could have date night any night of the week, or just assume that, you know, we'll do it whenever it suits us. But knowing it's scheduled for Friday nights is still very important. After 50 years of marriage, uh, your mom is like a 16 year old on Fridays, knowing that it's a special night reserved just for her, a major emotional deposit for me every single week. Wow. I mean, date night, we hear about that a lot. Maybe it's just me. Life happens and I have a hard time staying consistent. And, and I, when I read this, when I hear these, and we've got some other people here that talk about date night, it inspires me. I've got to put it on the schedule. I mean, how many times for the folks who listen to the habits shows that we're doing with all of our interviewees, Almost all of them in the area, in the, in the spoke, the spoke on the Ziggler Wheel of Life on relationships, almost all of them talk about intentionality. It goes on their calendar, just as important as everything else. And that's the only reason that they continue doing it. So I'm seri- I'm sitting here attesting that I have not made that commitment. I let kids' activities get in the way that thwart it. And uh, then all of a sudden a month goes by and we haven't done it. And it, well, we, we suffer from it. Well, we're the same way. I love what your dad said, though, about the intentionality of Friday, because, you know, right now we're in the season where our kids are teenagers. They're out with friends a lot. And so my husband and I, we we find ourselves having date nights a lot more than we ever have. But they're not, quote unquote, date nights. They're just us going to dinner. But I love what he said, you know, making one night that special night, even if you went to dinner together another night, maybe that wasn't the, the big date night, but having something to look forward to. I, I can relate to that. And I love that. Well, I got to be taking this stuff to heart. Uh, Skip Pritchard, another interview that we had not too long ago. What he said is probably what I need to do. He said he hires a babysitter has, has one on, on retainer, literally. And she shows up on, I can't remember the night. Let's say Thursday night, whatever night she shows up on that night at six o'clock every week. And so it is set in stone and, you know, he joked about it, but it's interesting. He said, even if that night he and his wife are not on good terms, the babysitter is going to show up anyways, they have to go out and they're going to go have a night out and, and deal with that. Or, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a little lesser fun than the night before, but at least they're going. 
And I will add something, even if for those who are listening thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but I can't get a babysitter on retainer or we can't afford a babysitter. I'll tell you something that Chris and I did when the boys were young, we had them in a, a program at church called Awana's and it was just like an hour, I think on a Monday night or Wednesday, or I think it was Wednesday night. And literally we would drop them both off into their classes, r- jump in the car and race to a restaurant. And we'd only have about 45 minutes to eat together, like at a Chili's or somewhere. But that was our date night. That And we made it, 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 we literally made it our date night because it was the only time that we had childcare that, you know, it, so it doesn't have to be, per, you know, hire a babysitter, find a way to, even if it's an hour yeah. Once a week to be alone is is so so important, you know. And not talk about the kids. That's not, the other thing. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, not br- talk about the kids. That's no, that is brilliant. We we have literally done that. We've gone on getaways, and uh, we'll get there, and all of a sudden find ourselves, and somebody will remember. Go wait, wait. We don't have any kids. No kids. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So on what you were saying too, yeah. There were some times when we had little ones, and. I don't know if it's, I can't remember why we didn't do babysitter. It's just, you know, we weren't going to make it that big of a deal, I guess. But where my, my wife specifically, she would, a couple times she set up a card table in our bedroom, made it all pretty, candles, everything, maybe picked up sushi or something like that, do dinner for the kids early and either put them to bed early or say, you know, everybody's going to bed at that time, at whatever time, put yourselves to bed. Mommy and daddy are, are, we're done being mommy and daddy. And we would go have an hour and a half, just the two of us. And even that was special. I mean, I think that, you know, what we're getting to is we all can figure something out to have that Mm -hmm. intentional time, those intentional deposits, but life is going to get in the way. And I'm still a victim of that right now that I've got to overcome because we have, well, there's my parents 50 years later attesting to that. You know, on that, Michelle, you know, it's interesting. I don't know where we all are culturally. I haven't thought about it in a while, but I got to see from my parents, they were a very marriage centric relationship. We were a marriage centric. My parents too. Okay. Well, and I've taken that into our family. It's been a battle sometimes, but that's a big shift when the kids become the focal point and we have to look at our lives to discern that when they become the, uh, the focal point, I think it's a disservice. Well, I, I've witnessed it's a disservice to them, obviously to mm-hmm. our relationship, but uh, you know, we all started together as spouses before we had kids. That's a, that's a big deal for all of us to look at. And it's hard. I, and I do believe that our, the generation before ours, that, you know, that was more the norm. Whereas I feel like this generation, we are, we are more kids centric. We are more, um, you know, I, I think of things that I wasn't allowed to do as a kid that we allow our kids to do now. And so it's, it's a little bit different, but to, to keep that boundary separate that, you know, mom and dad, you know, and our relationship is first, second to God's relationship. And, um, it serves the kids well to know that what where their place is. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are, and in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. 
Air Doctor comes with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code Kevin. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Friends, I'm pretty candid about my lack of financial prowess. Money and numbers are fairly Greek to me, so I need a lot of guidance. One of my closest friends is a wildly successful wealth manager, and I'm working on some financial literacy and just continually seeking guidance. So I ask you to check out yahoofinance.com. Nobody knows it all on Yahoo Finance is an incredible resource for the rookies like me or the seasoned investors. You know, before my dad passed away recently, Dave Ramsey and his wife, Sharon, flew down to visit. We all got to spend a day together. And I was at yahoofinance.com just now. I saw multiple news flashes from Dave and other people that you respect. And they were hitting so many of the hottest areas in finance today. So it's a place to get a snapshot of all aspects of your financial interests. And if you have them, your portfolios. I hadn't realized Yahoo Finance is the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. So for your comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. One more time. YahooFinance.com. Yeah. And, and so on this thing, you know, dates, uh, Jane just talked about here. She said, you know, we just set aside time, make sure we got at least even 15 minutes at the end of the day that we uh, take time together. It reminds me a long time ago, my wife and I got clued onto that with couch time that, uh, and at that time it was, you know, as soon as you come in the door, uh, or one of the spouse does from work or whatever, it's, Kids, you know, everybody go away. 15 minutes, mommy and daddy need to connect. Uh, my wife and I are, are, we're having a hard time. By the time we come home, there's so much going on. Dinner's usually happening already and kids making lunches for school and whatever. So we've started doing that 
after the well, the younger ones go to bed. So it's usually around eight o'clock or so. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. Let's connect what happened in your day. I mean, if we're not ha- able to do it otherwise, sometimes we can spontaneously do it amongst that, but it's some check in. How was your day? What happened? Kind of the highs and lows, but just between each yeah. other. Yes. Um, so important. It doesn't matter when it happens either, but as long as it happens. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had a lot of people attest to just that a date time, intentional time of coming together, those investments. And that is, I mean, that again, that's, that's counselors will tell you to do that when you're in marital straits, you've got to take time and check in every night. Cause we just get out of the habit. We run that partnership instead of a relationship. Um, what this next segment here is really about heart, I think, and just connecting the heart. Alexander says every month on the day of our anniversary, I give my husband a card to remind him how much I love him, how much he means to me. Uh, we do date nights, but it has to go beyond just having dinner. We want to do an activity, something playful with each other. We play pool or mini golf or uh, just something we like so that we laugh and have an experience. Uh, so my wife, Terry, she posted, she hasn't been on Facebook in a year. So I was really, I was amazing that she even came on and saw and found this. She said, my husband leaves notes for me to find tucked into the windshield of my car after I come out of the gym in the mornings. Uh, that's been a recent one. So she is now, she's, uh, she had a car wreck. She's now back at the gym and the gym happens to be right across the street from where, uh, three of my kids go to school. And a lot of times she takes the younger or takes some of the other kids on uh, 30 minutes earlier to school where they go. She goes to the gym. So when I drop mine off, her car's sitting there. And I have, it started off with just, I think I ripped a piece of cardboard off something and just wrote a little note and stuck it in there and it's escalated. Now I've gotten into cards and some other things. And, you know, there you get into the love language for some people that may not be a great love language for her. It is uh, words of affirmation. So, it, you know, that's not it. But again, it's, I, I just realized how I think, I think it's more powerful that she just thinks, oh, I thought about her. I had her thought in mind. And, uh, yeah, she, she, you know, she posted it here, but it's been a big deal. Uh, that is a big deal. And I think, I don't know if it's just w- women, I think men would appreciate it too, but I know I, that that means a lot to me, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, your wife just knew you were thinking of her on the heels of, of what the, what the other person said about every month, remembering the anniversary. Mm-hmm. So my parents have been married 50 years in December. They celebrated their 50th mm-hmm. and every single month on the 16th of the month, they have a game and it's who's going to remember who's the first to say happy anniversary. So sometimes they'll like set their alarms even early just so my dad will, you know, get the, the, you know, happy anniversary. (laughs) And, and I just love that, that playfulness. And it's not just on the actual yearly anniversary. It's every single month on the 16th of the month, they've been doing it for 50 years. That's incredible. And I got to see that growing up and it's just that, that sweet playfulness. And I just love that. The day, I, I, such a testimony to those daily deposits, you know, in, in the health and wellness industry that I'm, I'm in, we see that we saw a video, ah, it's probably been a year ago, but it was a lady at 90 something. And they were interviewing her because she is just spry and, you know, critical thinking skills and she's doing well. And I said, what do you do? And she did this. It was so cute. She did. She, she showcased uh, mimic this little routine. I get up in the bed out of the bed every morning. I say, you know, some positive thing. And then I take these little dumbbells and I do this little series of, of physical things. She says, I do it every day. She says, as long as I'm doing it every day, there should never be a day where I can't do it is, is what her feeling was. And here she is at 90, whatever she was. And she's just kicking butt. And it just wow. was such a testimony to those, uh, again, uh, classic Ziegler. We are, we are the buildup of the daily habits that we do good and bad. So to hear that from your yes. folks 
is incredible. On that note, Tim here says we pray daily together. And then goal setting, we do two times per year uh, together as well. So two things there, prayer and, and goal setting. You know, prayer is one that um, obviously from a faith uh, sta- faith-based standpoint, there's a lot tied in there, but it's a vulnerable thing. And what I found there mm-hmm. with that, it sounds nice to say that, yeah, we pray together. What I found is when we are not doing well, when we've had an argument, we've had a conflict and we're frustrated, I do not want to pray. Well, that should be a tip off that there's an intimacy there. And it's something that I should be doing every day as well. But that's a, that's a powerful one, you know, especially if you're doing it authentically, obviously, if you're just mm-hmm. reciting the Lord's prayer and doing something mindlessly, it's not, but to really, uh, pray for, you know, each other, for the other person, for yourself, for something you're praying mm-hmm. for in front of the other, that's a, gets deeper on an Makes intimacy sense. level. Yeah. You know, we used to do that earlier in our marriage, but, but for some reason we got out of the habit. Uh, one of, I, I wanted to share one of my friends, uh, really, I just learned about this. They inspire me. They're in my small group at church and her and her husband, every night they listen to the Bible. I mean, they're literally going through the Bible on, on tape or CD or whatever it is and, and doing that, whether it's 15 minutes or 10 minutes, however long it is together. And then that's kind of their way of, of, you know, their prayer time together. They're, they're listening, they're learning, but then they're, you know, wrapping it in prayer. And I just think that that is for me, such a great uh, inspiration of, of just simple, simple ways you can connect with your spouse and God at the same time without that vulnerability per se, like you said. And sometimes that is tough. That, that is, and you know, he also mentions goal setting. That's one. I like the idea of, we don't necessarily set goals together. My wife and I don't once on, on new year's, we all do our dreams, visions, goals for the year and write them down and doing that sheet and then getting to read each other's. Now we actually do it with the whole family. Getting to read through mm-hmm. those is, is eye opening. A lot of times my wife will have stuff down there that, gosh, I didn't quite realize that that was so important to you. Uh, and then we reread them the next year, uh, you know, read the, the old ones and check those out. But that's again, kind of an intimacy, uh, piece as well is to really know, do you know what your spouse, kids, are what their goals are. Mm-hmm. It's so important. We do the same thing, Kevin, every New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, everybody gets a sheet of paper and you have to list five of your personal goals, everything you want to be, do, and have in that coming year. And then you have to list three family goals, mm-hmm. five, three things that you want our family to be, do, and have. And But I think I like what, what you just said, maybe adding that third category just between the spouses. What do we want our marriage to be, do, and have in this yeah. coming year? Well, I'm going to add that for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I wanted to, to end, I've got one piece after this, but I wanted to end this part on marriage by just asking you uh, as well, or asking both of us on any specific things if we haven't covered them here. Because one for me and my wife that's really, really uh, big is getaways. And we try to do them every quarter at this point. And it's almost always at least uh, three days. Sometimes it'll be more. We've got a truckload of kids. It's not an easy feat to do. We generally just schedule it. We, we get a hotel. I, you know, we live up here in the mountains. I like getaways at fancy hotels. So we'll get a fancy hotel somewhere. It could be two hour drive away, or it could be hop on a plane and go somewhere. A really nice uh, place to go to. And, um, that is having that intentional time. It's, it, it blows my mind away how, powerful it is. And as soon as we get on the plane, get in the car, pretend like we don't have kids, like we joked about 
it just changes the whole perspective. And we spend that time together outside of the grind, outside of the responsibilities, outside of the, you know, maybe some of the, the anxieties or the frustrations, even with just the day-to-day family life and planning. And it shifts our paradigm to the point to where I had a kid, um, I, oh, he's, he's older than that now. He was 12. It was last year. And ter- my wife, Terry and I were a little frustrated with each other. And he said, you guys got to get away. You need to go away because when you come back, you're different. That sealed that, that, uh, intentional time for us. So that's a big one out of the mouths of babes, right? (laughs) So I wanted wanted to ask if you had anything specific that we didn't cover here for you guys. Well, honestly, what you just said, you stole mine because that, if I was thinking about what is it for, for us, what really, really works, it is those, uh, those little getaways. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, Chris and I've had recently, we've had quite a few, just one night away, you know, uh, not long ago, we were going to a concert in Dallas, which is totally close enough to drive and drive home. But we decided no, we're going to make a night of it. And just there's just something about being in a hotel and and just mm-hmm. feeling like you're on a little mini vacation we call them staycations mm-hmm. and it just changes everything and you know when we had little kids we didn't do it as often as we should and uh, but we see now how important it is it's just reconnecting and finding something to have fun get yes. outside of the norm yes and for those who look listen to that and and struggle with the financial aspect of that we went through a long period of time of connecting with we had three different uh, sets of friends and amongst us, we would say, Hey, whenever anybody is going to be out of town for a weekend, out of town for a week, whatever, let the rest of us know and give us the opportunity to come do a staycation at your house free, you know, where we can leave our kids at home, come there, spend a couple nights, uh, at our friend's house and not spend anything. So again, other options what a outside. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's simple and doesn't cost so much. Um, Great stuff on kids and on marriages. I did want to, nobody posts anything about this, but I did want to uh, just pull out friends and some investments in friendships. We're again at that time of, uh, in our culture right now, where there's so much content about how we're all connected, you know, via social media, we got a zillion friends and yet the intimate friendships are going by the wayside and we're seeing the sufferings from that, the consequences from that. That is one, again, with a family, my size and with a wife who's who's my best friend as well, it can be done away with Yet I found the power of it. And to me, what stood out and does stick out is I have to be intentional. Same thing. It's got to be scheduled. And I have to realize it, it is an investment. It will not be convenient. Um, and so we've done that through the years. With We called them dinner groups, couples groups that we would get together mm-hmm. with. But the most powerful one for me that I thought I'd, I'd share on this one, and then I'll ask uh, Michelle if you've got anything specific there too. Uh, I've got two guys. I've actually done this for many years. It hasn't always been the same guys. Sometimes the groups have shifted, but even for the past three years, I've got two guys every Thursday morning, we drop kids off at school. We meet at the coffee shop and we just share life. We don't go through a book together. Not that nothing wrong with that. Uh, we don't go through anything specific together, but we just check in. And sometimes it'll be a little chit chat about, you know, whatever somebody brings to the table. A lot of times somebody say, Oh my gosh, I read this thing or, or I'm, or they're in the middle of something, a move or a marital conflict or whatever. And that's what really dictates things. But overall we want to check in how's marriage, how's 
kids, uh, how's work, kind of those big ones, how's faith. And it usually just varies around those. So it's a little informal and some people may want more structure, but the point is that we get together every single Thursday. That's been one of the most powerful things. I, this is Thursday morning. I just did that. One of the guys was out of town. So, uh, myself and, and just one of the guys we got together, we only spent 30 minutes this time with the two of us. Cause I was late getting there anyways. And, uh, it, but that investment gives me people to, for me to be accountable with, to share life with. Those are the guys that are there when I have something and when I have a, a specific, specific need, I know I can count on them. Um, but that intentionality and investment in friends is something that I think we've got to grasp onto even more in today's culture. So Michelle, anything on that line for you? Could not agree more. And honestly, the timing of this is so perfect because just this last Sunday, our pastor talked about doing life together and the mm. importance of that. And I, Chris and I are so blessed to be a part of this small group in that church. And and that's what we do every Wednesday night. You know, we get together and of course we're doing something, we're reading something, but it's more just checking in. What, mm-hmm. How are you doing? What's going on? What can we pray for you? You know, but just doing that consistency. And this is not something that, that we've done for very long, but I see the importance of it. And it's just, and I love that phrase, doing life mm-hmm. together. It's one thing to have friends, but some of us have friends who maybe we haven't seen in months or, you know, we live far away and those friendships are important, but there's a different kind of doing life together. And that's just that day to day, week to week, checking in, how are you doing? And it's so, so important. And I feel so grateful for the group that I have. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of our friend, uh, Howard Partridge. He has his new book. Uh, do you remember the title right off the top of your head? He's got his new the power, book. Of community. power of community. Thank you. So I'm looking <laughs> at my bookshelf. I got to get that bookshelf closer to my, my desk here. Uh, power of community. And it really stuck out to me what he said there. Cause we're talking about having to be intentional and, and with all these relationships and what he pointed out is that in the same way that we need to manufacture exercise, cause most of us more and more these days, we have work, we can survive, we can make our livings without any physical exertion. Well, that, that does that's not good for our bodies. So we have to manufacture it almost artificially by going for a run, going to do a workout, doing something where our grandparents probably didn't have to because their day was manual labor. They were getting their exercise. Same thing now. And this is what Howard pointed out that we used to be in communities and workplace environments where we relied on other people. We had to go talk to that person about this. We had to go get information from this person who had it today. We can be so self-sufficient. We can get most of that sitting at our computer. And even if we do need it from somebody, it's a quick text. That's not a relationship. That's not checking in. And I, I, again, I'll raise my hand as sometimes the chiefs of centers that I, I just want to text and give me an answer. Cause I don't want to have to do the chit chat and say, yeah, how are you doing? And whatever. And then I miss out on the relationship. And so if we have to artificially manufacture that by saying, okay, I got to get together with some guys, with some girls, with some couples uh, every week, every other week, whatever it is, so that I have that engagement, that intimate con- connection with somebody, then again, so be it. And we're seeing the signs of the time of our culture. And so if that's what we have to do to artificially manufactured. If it's not happening, then we need to do that. Uh, that's, that's such as life. Completely agree. And I, I fall into that, that same, you know, trap of, of just doing what I need to do behind the computer in my house. And, and then, you know, before you know it, you're, you haven't had any human interaction yeah. outside of technology and, and it's just not good. It's not how we were created. It's not, we were designed for fellowship. We were designed for friendship and we were designed for community, like Howard said, and it's just so, so important. 
Well, there you go. We'll end right there on your statements of we were designed for this. So there we go, folks. There's a great uh, motivating uh, show there just with content. We have got to be intentional. We've got to be proactive. We've got to make these deposits daily so that we have the rich relationships that are ultimately what matters most. Michelle, thanks for being here with me. Absolutely, Kevin. Thank you. Okay, friends, you should have heard some great ideas on activities you can engage with to grow the relationships in your life. And no doubt you heard some that you already do, so good on you for that. A huge thanks to all those who've been leaving rave reviews in iTunes. That helps new people find us more than just about anything. If you got value from today's show, please let us know. Leave a review in iTunes, then email us at thanks at ZigglerShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username And we will thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. Well, coming up next in show 565, we bring you the habits of someone who said the fastest way to success is change bad habits and replace them with good habits. The voice and personality of Ziglar Inc., Tom Ziegler himself. Aren't you curious what his daily habits for success are? Well, hey, I'm close friends with them and I didn't even know some of them. It's really interesting, really inspiring. You know what? I'll just leave you with that. You can tune in and find out the whole story. So till then, thank you for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Together.